Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Yep, that's right. That voice sounds different. This is your boy, uh, Jace, checking in. I will be uh, hosting this podcast episode, episode 17 here of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Our, uh, our OG host, Peter, he's uh, his throat, you know, it's, it's battling some conditions right now. He's fighting through it for us. And, uh, you know, I'll let him, I think the voice speaks for itself. So I'll let him have the air. Yeah, you know, I just, I got in too many close fantasy fights for the playoffs got a little too emotional on monday night beating a close friend uh and roommate and uh mario my my one buddy it was spirited spirited win but my team really needed it and uh kind of lost my voice doing it so i think i'll be back in commission for saturday's episode but i'll still be here talking sporadically and you know giving my takes but I don't think the vocal cords would appreciate a full episode. Hey, it's been a long season, man. We've seen it all across the league. We got star players dropping like flies. And one of our own is, you know, he's battling with a, a little a, a throat bug, if you will. But he's not going to be put on IR like you heard him say. Uh, he's due to return oh, yeah. this Saturday for the sports betting podcast. So that is always good news. But we also got Max joining us for the show. Max, how you doing, man? You know, I'm here. I do have a full voice, and uh, I, I put my doctor coat on before the show and diagnosed Peter with a, a sore throat, and he'll be back for Saturday. And I, my timeline for recovery for that is about two to four days, and some mint chocolate nice. chip ice cream from Mitchell's will cheer him up. <laughs> this, is, this is true. We'd like to think, like, I'm like Zeke right now, you know, playing really hurt, and Jace is like Tony Pollard, and, you know, the fans. Who am I? When I'm, when I'm back, they might be like, man, Tony's – kind of better who knows yeah so I'm, no. I'm taking a gamble right now i'm taking a gamble on myself <laughs> nonsense peter's the best host i've ever heard in podcasting history max if i had to compare you to anybody bro i think you're cooper cup you're just wow. consistent each and every week you just give us a good all show reliable just all reliable man and uh you know that that's who i have to compare you to that's quite the compliment speaking of cooper cup did you guys see his interview? Yes. It made oh 100% God. perfect sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Cooper Cup, how did you score your touchdown? And he went on this tangent and it was awesome. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah, no. I think uh, the Manning cast, uh, I've been watching that a whole lot recently, but I think they, you know, if they can get Cooper Cup on the show eventually. I think he'd be a great person to have on there. You know, I, th I think that'd be a great mind meld between both of the Mannings, the quarterbacks, and uh, the pristine wide receiver, Cooper Cup. So, uh, but yeah, we got a great show for you guys today. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, first and foremost, we got to thank our sponsor, uh, Game Day Liner. Spice up your tailgate this season with the original Turf Truck Bed Liner. Support your team, company, or custom logo and their handmade vehicle liners. Designed and crafted in the U.S. of A, baby. Perfect for tailgates, gyms, home offices, or anywhere you want to wrap your favorite logo. Each product is pet, party, and workproof. So go ahead and visit gamedayliner.com and use the code DYNASTY21, all lowercase, to score 15% off your custom liner. 
Once again, that's code Dynasty21, all lowercase, at gamedayliner.com to get 15% off your very own turf truck bed liner. Uh, but yeah, as I was saying, we got ourselves a great show today. Uh, we got reports from around the realm, and then we're just going to jump right into Boom Bus. Uh, we're going to keep it nice and short for you guys. I know we can run long uh, sometimes, but being, uh, I feel like we said before, being a weekly show, there's so much going on in the fantasy world, and we want to do our best to cover it um, and give you guys the latest, greatest information. But I see Max has his hand raised. What you got, dude? I do have my hand raised, and I just, you know, the season's wrapping up. We're getting into playoffs and everything. Um, but we are going to produce so much amazing content in the offseason. We have so much amazing stuff planned. And even the uh, next week, I think we're doing a Christmas episode. So a little mm-hmm. giveaway. We need to get our followers up on Twitter. But just stick with us. We're, we're about to just take off. Like, I don't know where we're going to go, but we're going. <laughs> yeah, no, we got a, we got big plans for you guys. The offseason is going to be a really good time. Uh, shout out to Big Al. He was giving us some offseason ideas for content. Really great ideas. If you guys have any uh, ideas for us and which ways you want to see the, the show taken, reach out to us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Twitter, uh, uh, DM us, let us know what you're thinking, and we'd be more than happy to communicate with you and uh, get whatever you want to see on the show. Uh, with that being said, we are going to jump right into reports from around the realm. So our first news, uh, we got ourselves a Raven scroll all the way out from L.A. And this is uh, the news saying that Keenan Allen has been placed on the COVID-19 list. He does have a chance to play this upcoming week, but he uh, he has to be asymptomatic and return two negative tests within 24 hours or two negative tests, 24 hours apart. Um, If he misses this upcoming Sunday, how excited are you guys for Mike Williams? And are you guys interested in any auxiliary pieces such as, you know, Josh Palmer? Yeah, I mean, if Keenan Allen was to miss, I would be excited for Mike Williams. They play the Giants, who are an average defense, but they play at home, I'm pretty sure. And Justin Herbert has just looked phenomenal. He's the number two quarterback right now in the year, but he's been loving Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen had two touchdowns last week, only like 34 yards, which was a little surprising. But I would worry about Mike Williams getting double teamed and stuff like that. But if Keenan Allen misses, I like Mike Williams. I'm not too big on Joshua Palmer or Jalen Guyton. Um, I could see a Jared Cook touchdown, Peter's boy. But other than that, I, I probably would start the other two. So, uh, Yeah, I'm staying away from Mike Will, as everybody always knows. The Giants, while having a kind of mid-average defense, have two great cornerbacks uh, in Logan Ryan and James Bradbury. And Bradbury is going to completely lock down Mike Will. I don't know the data. Uh, suggesting when Mike Will has been a number one wide receiver, uh, you know, not the team's number two. Uh, so seeing that number one pressure against uh, like an all pro guy, like second or third team all pro guy like Bradbury, just really have no idea what way that game can possibly go with Mike Will. And I'd just rather go for more streamlined, consistent options if I can. Especially yeah, in a I, week where it matters for so many teams. Yes. It's a really, really big week. I mean, there's so much on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with what you guys are saying, especially you, Peter. Like, I feel like we've seen it in the past. We saw it with Juju. We kind of saw it with Calvin Ridley a little bit. I don't know how much it's his fault. But, you know, to me, Mike Williams, you know, we saw it at the beginning of the season when he looked like the true alpha there. But over the course of the season, I feel like we're seeing a lot of what you're saying, Peter. We're like – I don't think he's 
their true number one. And I don't think he can necessarily handle a true number one role. Um, so I think he's always going to be best when Keenan Allen is on the field to eat up those short and intermediate targets. And he can just kind of be reserved for the big plays and red zone work. Um, but yeah, th this just kind of feels like a trap game if you ask me. And I feel like that's kind of what you guys were saying. So um, there's injuries all across the league. So I think if it, you're in a pinch, like he's a high upside guy for sure. Um, I think he's got over 15 red zone targets this season. So, you know, he's an upside play, but at the end of the day, like Peter said, you'd probably prefer a lot more consistency on a week to week basis. Um, like, are you guys actually going to set Mike well this week? Like if Keenan Allen was to miss, like, I feel like I'd have a hard time setting him. Personally, like I, I got a, uh, Mike Williams on a pretty deep team and I'm, I'm going to chase it. I'm going to chase the upside just because I think my team construction could use it. Um, I'm going to start him over T Higgins. I don't know how you guys would feel about that, but I'm just chasing the upside there a little bit. Um, and just kind of like the perceived volume of what could be if Keenan Allen were to miss, but where, where are you guys at? If you were faced in that same start sit decision, T Higgins versus Mike Williams, which way are you guys rolling? I just can never, 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 never trust Mike Will. Even at the beginning of the season, I was the sacrificial lamb that told everybody Mike Will was not the player they thought he was, and I was getting clowned on. You know, he, he's just not good. Throughout the course of his career, we've seen that he's not great. And in a week, it is so important. I can't stress that enough. This week is so important for making the playoffs and getting that playoff run going for a lot of these teams. I would not trust it with a guy who has been insanely inconsistent. I'd rather go with a guy who's been on a, the trend upward in T Higgins over the last couple of weeks. It looks like the Bengals offense is good and is able to put up a lot of points when T Higgins is getting more involved. And I, I think a lot of these NFL coordinators and coaches are not dumb, despite what a lot of people think coaches are going to recognize patterns saying, okay, like our offense has looked good, not great. You know, when this, 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 and this happens, uh, i.e. Mark Andrews, when Mark Andrews was having a rough patch at the start of the year. He had a breakout game, and then he's become insanely consistent. Maybe we'll talk about him later. It's a good story for another time with what happened this week in that game. But when I see T. Higgins, I see the trend going up, and that offense starting to use him more. I'd bank on that a million times more. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree. I mean, I was – before Peter's argument, I was definitely like, oh, I'm definitely starting Mike Will. But when you look at T. Higgins and what he's been able to do – um, ever since the bye week, he had three points, which stinks versus Vegas. Um, but then versus Pittsburgh, he had 23, and last week he had 28. Um, he caught a touchdown in both those games, but he's getting almost 10 targets a game. Um, I would definitely be starting T. Higgins versus San Francisco defense. That's middle of the pack, mediocre. I mean, Russell Wilson kind of made him look uh, bad. I think, so I think Josh Wilson. Norman's going to be out too. Yeah, and they also – another corner got hurt from them, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I'd, I'd definitely be starting T. Um, only yeah. thing I'd be concerned about is Joe Burrow's pinky. True. Yeah. So I, stay up on the news about that throughout the course yeah. of the week. Two things really quick, and then we'll move on to the next note. But as we're talking about this, I'm slowly starting to think about making that swap in my lineup um, from the Mike Williams to T Higgins. I think you guys made some really compelling arguments and um, I don't have a whole lot to add, but the one thing I will say towards uh, Joe Burrow's uh, his pinky injury, I was listening to uh, Alex Smith, talk about that injury today and about basically he was saying that pinky is pretty much the least important finger on your hand because it's the first one to leave the ball 
Um, like if it were a thumb injury, it would definitely be concerning because that's where all of uh, the ball's weight is supported in the hand is with the thumb. The index, um, that finger is the last one to leave the ball and all, is all based on accuracy and spinning the thing. So he was basically saying, um, Alex Smith, that is, he's saying um, he played through pinky career or injuries all throughout his career. It's really nothing to truly like have big concerns about. So um, if an old vet like that is saying it, um, I trust it. And moving forward, I think Joe Burrow and T Higgins, Jamar Chase, that whole offense, like you said, I think they're trending upwards and um, I think they're here to do some good things. But yeah, I think we had some good discussion on that. And our second Raven scroll um, is coming in right now. And man, we got a we got a name here that we haven't talked about in quite some time. Um, and we haven't talked about possibly in quite some time. So Julio Jones is due to return from IR this week against Jacksonville. Um, this season, he was averaging 9.1 PPR points um, throughout this entire season. So what's your guys' confidence level like um, for him against Jacksonville? And, you know, are we throwing him right into the starting lineup? It's tough. It really is. I mean, I love the matchup, obviously. Who doesn't love playing versus Jacksonville? But I just – I even – with the juicy matchup, I cannot start Julio Jones this week. I need to see something first. Um, I You'd really only be starting him based on the matchup and the name history, where he hasn't even been the same Julio, and Tannehill hasn't really looked that great the past couple of weeks. With A.J. Brown out, they're going to be like focusing solely on Julio. They're, that offense doesn't really have much right now. He's really a touchdown or bust kind of guy for me this week, but I would stay away. Yeah, I'm completely with you on that, Max. I'll keep it short. He's a complete touchdown or bust guy this week. Yeah, I think, um, like we talked about earlier, injuries all across the league. If you're in a pinch in a deep, you know, 14-plus man league, you might be forced into it. But, yeah, like, I think we saw it at the end of last season. Um, if we were to have an overreaction, I think we would have been saying this is the beginning of the end for Julio. And I think that's proven to be the case. You know, Tannehill, He's most efficient off of play action. They got no running backs over there whatsoever. I know they found some success here and there with Dontro Hilliard. Um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Deontay Foreman. Uh, Deontay Foreman. Yes. I know they found some things here and there with them, but they don't have anybody they can truly rely on in that run game. And I think it's going to bounce week to week between guys. Um, yeah. I think Peter said, or Max, I think you said it. It's just easier for defenses to double team him and scheme him out. And like I was saying earlier, it's probably the beginning of the end for him. We're probably in the end portion right now. I just don't think he's the same Julio Jones he's used uh, he used to be, and I don't think he can handle double coverages um, and things of that nature, let alone, you know, Ryan Tannehill sitting in the pocket throwing decently accurate passes. So, yeah, I think only if you're in a pinch and a full-point PPR, you're hoping he'll, you know, get you a few catches, maybe fall into the end zone, get you 10 points. But other than that, like, I'm pretty much trying to stay away. He, he hasn't scored this year. Peter, what do you got? Yeah, I'm just saying I'm going to echo it again. Consistency, consistency, consistency this week. I would not be taking any gambles with your lineup, especially if you if you know you're the better team. Coming into the week and you need a win, take no risks. Play the math. And you know what? If it doesn't work out in your favor, at least you know you made the right mathematical decision for your team. I agree. You can't be starting Julio and say, hey, you know, Julio hasn't scored his due, you know. I don't really care. You can't do that this week. No gut checks this week. Yeah, no gut checks. I mean, the Jacksonville matchup is so juicy. We saw what the Rams were able to do, but the Tennessee offense right now is not the Rams. And yes. this is an old Julio Jones we're talking about here. So 
yes, I, I love everything you guys are saying. And I think we've said everything you can say. So that leads us into our third and final report from around the realm. And, uh, you know, this is sad for the individual person, but I think one guy on this podcast is mm-hmm. probably somewhat excited about this news here. Kenyon Drake um, has been ruled out for the season with a broken ankle. Josh Jacobs this past week saw nine targets in the passing game. Do we think Josh Jacobs can keep this up? Is this the full unlocking and descripting of Jacobs that we've always wanted to see? And I think, you know, Peter, God rest your voice, but we got to let you kick this one off, man. I agree. Give me probably like 25 seconds because I don't want to go for too long. Make sure I'm very succinct here. Josh Jacobs is a top 24 fantasy asset before the season even with this being a part of him. Obviously, Drake is going to miss some time, but he should be back for the start of next year. But if you listen to me and bought him when he was super low, before the deadline was over, when he had all this script and everything was starting to point in the right direction for him, you are going to be so happy you're carrying him into the fantasy playoffs. He is going to be the only dude there, and Washington's defense is very good. Washington's defense was very bad at the start of the year. They're very good now. And Jacobs put up a completely fantasy-relevant week, scoring, I think it was 19.4, something like mm-hmm. that. If he can finish off the year really strong, I would, I'd probably put him as a top 16 running back coming into fantasy for next year. If he can keep these numbers going, if he's proven in this passing game like he has been over the last couple of weeks, and even when Drake was healthy, he was starting to get involved in the passing game. So mm-hmm. a full playoff run and perhaps league-winning performances down the stretch for him, that's only going to propel his stock even harder. Yeah, I mean, in full-point PPR, I think this is just massive news. I mean, you look at his stats in full-point PPR. I think last week I was dogging on him. Peter says top 16. I might give him top 12. I mean, I really think with – Drake being out, it's it's massive. I mean, nine targets this week, nine catches. That's not doable every week, but the passing game volume is going to go up. He plays Kansas City this week, which should be, I think, a really high-scoring game. Um, then he has Cleveland, who it's Cleveland in December. They're, they're going to be running the football. They're not going to be throwing it. Um, Denver, Indianapolis, the Chargers. So he has a nice stretch here, and I think he's the top 12, maybe top 10 I'd give him, and I'm not a fan of his. Yeah, the biggest thing for me is – I mean, I, I put him right up in that territory too. I mean, I was scared of it all off season just because the data was just showing relentlessly. He's a game script um, running back. And, you know, I was worried that. And he is, he 100% is game script dependent, but now that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I extremely well said, and I think the Kenyon Drake thing, you know, a broken ankle, like we'll see how long and how well he can recover from that. And the biggest thing for me, can Josh Jacobs, do something with these extra targets that he's going to get down the stretch. Because if he can, I mean, we've seen Kenyon Drake become irrelevant real quick on a bunch of different teams. Um, so I think if he can prove enough, he's got a lot going for himself in the future. Could definitely see that top 12 upside, especially with his age and just his draft stock and everything. I mean, when he was first coming out of college, everyone was so jacked up for him. So I think it's a good time to get jacked up for him again. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, Peter, he is game script dependent, but I think this, this Kenyon Drake injury is really going to take him from like a true game script dependent running back to kind of just like a safe floor RB two with RB one upside. So like those weeks when they're not, when the Raiders aren't going to win, you know, and he give you, you know, 
five, six points and completely ruin your week, I think those weeks are probably gone. Instead of him completely dudding on you, he, he's going to get you double digits now. And then if he's going to excel, you know, he's going to, he's got a chance for 20, 25 uh, plus points. So I really like his upside moving forward. I think this is great news for his stock, but Peter, go ahead. One month older than Najee Harris. Well, One month. No, that's wild. That's absolutely wild. Gonna, I mean, he'll, <clears throat> he'll turn 24 after the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, we see it all the time too. Like he's heading right into the prime of his career. Like, Dalvin Cook, I feel like he's always been like a really hot name in fantasy, but at the beginning of his career, like when he was tearing his ACL and getting hurt all the time, I felt like he kind of had a very Josh Jacobs-esque kind of feel about him. And then he hit those those prime years, you know, 24 to 26, and just started, you know, absolutely turning into the monster that he is today. So I, I think, you know, the, the ceiling is endless for a guy that young and you know, with the new coach um, coming in next season, like the possibilities are endless um, in regards to upside. So, yeah, any uh, closing remarks on Mr. Josh Jacobs, anybody? You have him, you're lucky. That's right. Yep. He's Must a healthy a running back right now. Then. And I'm not a fan of his, so it takes a lot for me to say Jace, that. Jace makes a really good point. He's a healthy running back. Mm-hmm. Very hard to come by right now. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and we got late bye weeks and stuff still happening too. Like it, it's madness right now in regards to depth. But well, cool. I think that was uh, some really good discussion, guys. And uh, right up next on the docket, we got our booms of the week. Boom shakalaka! I'll, I will kick us off. Uh, hopefully, you guys aren't uh, too tired of my voice at this point. But yeah, my boom of the week is man, a deep sleeper and a guy I was lucky enough to start in a league where I needed him. Amon Ra, St. Brown, or otherwise known on this podcast. Juicy. Yes. Juicy St. Brown, because this man is built like a train, like a truck, whatever whatever uh, automobile or uh, piece of movable machinery you want to compare him to. But my man had himself an explosion of a week, and boys, the Lions, they got a dub this week. Let's They're go. Bad. Lions plus Let's- seven and a half. Let's go. I mean, we told you in the gambling episode, they're a covering machine. They are covering machine. Finally got a dub feeling so good. Uh, You know, terrible news about the school shooting over there in Michigan, you know, rest in peace to those who tragically passed away and our condolences to all the family members out there. But I mean, what a powerful moment for the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan for that to happen this week. And I mean, that was, that was my highlight of the week. If we were still doing high low, Watching Amon Ra catch that game winner was easily my top moment of the week. But uh, Max, what were you about to say? Well, I'll let you finish with uh, Juicy, then I'll, I'll start us off. Okay. Yeah. So, Juicy this week. Yeah. Sorry, we got a little off topic. You know, cut me a break. It's my first time hosting people. But, uh, you know, this man went off for 12 targets, 10 catches, 86 yards. And of course, that game winning touchdown. And, you know, there's a lot of excitement in my voice right now. I got to bring it down. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not, I'm not chasing the points here. You know, uh, he did well against Minnesota earlier this season. That's why the matchup is there. Their corners have been terrible this season. DeAndre Swift is out. Those short area targets uh, freed themselves up. But unless he's catching 10 balls a game, he's not going to get you what you want. Um, he's pretty much only viable in PPR. He's a, we call him juicy, but he's short and juicy. Um, you know, he's not a huge red zone threat by any means. So I think if anything, um, I'm more interested in Josh Reynolds in this offense who's come along the past two weeks, five targets, two weeks ago, seven this past week. 
Um, I really like the narrative behind Jared Goff and him reconnecting from their time in LA. Um, he's shown the, I mean, he's been somewhat deep ball dependent over the past couple of weeks, but if they can keep this rapport going, he can turn into a, if he can see, you know, seven to eight targets a game, I think he could t- end up being the best receiving option in that offense besides uh, TJ Hawkinson. So um, what, what are you guys thoughts on juicy? Are you guys chasing the points or feeling like I am? It's just like, I want to chase the points because it's the lions. They're going to be down. They're going to be throwing the ball. But like you said, there's Reynolds, there's Hawkinson. Swift will be coming back soon. They have Williams. They have all these people that's like, I just can't trust juicy. And I especially can't trust Jared Goff. I like him from a dynasty perspective because he still is a rookie and he's got time to develop and everything. But I just, I can't chase the points in, in any format right now, especially with the stakes. Um, the one thing I was going to say on the sports betting episode, we talked on uh, Book It With Trent and how Book It With Trent had to bet the Lions money line. And he's... Bang, he probably made a couple grand. Yeah, man, <laughs> Trent, Trent made some money. And then Trent, they're, they're saying Trent's hot now. And then Trent picked Patriots plus three, which Peter also did. A, a four-teamer for Trent he hit the other day. So they're saying he's hot. I don't All know. Right. Shout out Book It with Trent on uh, TikTok. I think I'm going to be riding that wave very soon. No, you really – you his videos are hilarious. And just go watch the comments. I, I have no affiliation to the guy. But my brother Mace and I, we sent him back and forth. We're like, oh, man, Trent's picking this team. <laughs> Bet the opposite. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. But Not a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, what are your thoughts on Juicy? Uh so in half point PPR, he put up 19.8, so basically 20. But when you take away that that final play, he really only put up like 12 or 13, depending on how the yardage kind of shook out. And that's just like such a different story for his week. Uh, like a 12 pointer is like your average, you know, wide receiver two. And that was his peak on the year, was like an average wide receiver two. Uh, if it wasn't for that last second touchdown on blown coverage. Um, so I'm really not buying into it at all. The guy is 22. So, you know what, you never know, but maybe he's worth a flyer, like as a, like a little sprinkle add on and a deal after the season's over. Yeah, I fully agree. I mean, chase the youth, don't chase the points. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with expectations, you got to look at, you know, we call him juicy, but like I said, he's not a tall guy. He's not your prototypical alpha wide receiver by any means. He's not, he doesn't have Tyreek Hill speed. So like, I think at the end of the day, he was a third round draft pick going into a uh, rookie draft season and fantasy drafts. And I, you know, I think as high as he can climb is worth the second rounder. Um, and ceiling wise as a fantasy player, I think he could, you know, maybe give you a ceiling of a PPR a uh, wide receiver too, like a like a back end version of Julian Edelman when he was just catching seven balls a game and giving you twelve points. So I, I don't know. He just him the Lions offense. I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, upside to go around in Detroit. So um, anything else on Juicy? No, I just I just think about book it with Trent and smile. You know, he, <laughs> I, to digress because we digress too much. He bet uh, the Ducks minus one and a half tonight, the Anaheim Ducks. Mm. And they cut, they did it. It was like plus wow. 200. Trent put uh, four units on it. And people saying he's the hottest man on earth right now. So 
Peter has something to, you know, argue with about that. Peter's been hot gambling for quite some time now, still keeping <laughs> it rolling. But dude, hey, when you're hot, you're hot. And then you are gambling like you got to if, if you notice someone's hot, you got to jump on that wave. Absolutely. So book it with Trent on TikTok. Let's make some money, people. Um, next, we got uh, Peter himself up in the snake. Peter, give it's, us your It's victory lap time. It's victory lap time. It's a shame <laughs> that my voice is dead for it. Should we keep you to like 25 seconds? Yeah, no, I'm going to keep it short again. Um, I have Dallas Goddard, 25.5 points against my New York Jets. The uh, Peter Bowls were this weekend, actually. So Josh Jacobs versus Antonio Gibson. And then Elijah Moore versus Dallas Goddard. So four guys that I really, really, really love had the opportunity to play each other and all four recorded a touchdown. So they they all know they were playing in the Peter Bowl. They wanted to show out. <laughs> but uh, Goddard saw 96% of the snaps. That's what he's been seeing the last three weeks. This is proof positive after the Ertz deal that they are going to start using him at that high rate. He saw, I believe, five targets in the first half, four in the first quarter. And he basically had these 25 points in the first quarter. I think he had like 23. And then when the Eagles just piled on top of the Jets, they stopped throwing. That is going to be my only concern. My only concern about the Eagles is how game script some of the players are, a lot like Josh Jacobs was. I don't know how much longer this running attack for Philadelphia is going to be their identity, uh, but – you know, when Goddard was catching the ball and getting those targets early, he he looked like an elite tight end. He looked like Mark Andrews. He looked like Travis Kelsey out there. He looked like he had the same ability as those guys. Um, and, again, it was against the Jets, and he did get lucky with two touchdowns. But I still think that he is a definite buy, buy, buy in the offseason. He has game-winning, uh, league-winning uh matchups down the stretch his playoff is washington giants and washington so he has the matchups that he really needs to win some guys leagues if they listen to our advice earlier um there's not much else i can say about dallas goddard um we, we talk on him i feel like just about every episode every other episode but he did prove me wrong this week josh jacobs proved me wrong this week um elijah moore proved me wrong this week so I don't know if it's uh, I spite Peter or if it's I don't believe in these guys consistently like Peter does, but I'm happy for Peter and the Peter Bull. Believe in the talent, not the team. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah, no. Um, Dallas Goddard, I've always been a big fan of his. I've always seen the upside for him. It was just, a, you know, early on in Mark Andrews' career, it was just a, a passing pie argument against him, you know, and that's what he's got going in Philly or Dallas Goddard has going in Philly. And I think for the rest of the season, I if, if Debo's going to come back for the 49ers, I might want to have Goddard over Kittle to finish off the season. Um, and the reason I say that, Jalen Hurts missed this most previous game with an ankle injury. Uh, that could definitely still be ailing him. We might see his rushing decrease because of this. Um, Miles Sanders re-injured his ankle at the end of this game as well. Um, Boston Scott only played three offensive snaps. I think they got Kenny Gamewell involved, but all of that, basically, I'm saying the run game for this team, it, it might not be able to continue just because of the injuries and the depth that they have. Um, Jason, so if this is <clears throat> Jason Kelsey got really banged up at the end, too. 
Yes, yes. Another great point. Another hit against the run game. Um, so if they're going to be airing it out like they did this past week, I mean, Goddard, man, like he's got the ability to do it. He's shown us flashes in the past, just like Peter was talking earlier in the show. Consistency, consistency, consistency. I think down the stretch, given these ailments of the Eagles, I think he's going to give you consistency. And uh, in your tight end position, you know, with the way that it is, how desolate has been this past season, I think he can win you weeks down the stretch. So um, I'm starting him with full confidence moving forward. I agree. And I mean, anything else to add on Dallas G before I move on to probably the most consistent guy in the NFL? Yeah, I'll pose my question to you guys, Kittle or Goddard. Oh my, oh my. I don't I don't take Kittle slander anymore. Give me George Kittle. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I'll abstain. Oh my gosh. My my <laughs> fandom, my fandom says Goddard and my interests, my investment says Goddard. Um, but I really can't deny Kittle, even though Goddard has a great, great, great schedule. I don't know what Kittle's schedule is off the top of my head. I, I'll just go with the guy who's done it for longer but Goddard has looked really 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 good out there last week not this past week the one before was a complete anomaly oh anomaly and there's your there's your college graduate word of the week anomaly <laughs> Jace how about you I I was sitting here thinking I said it earlier I think I'd rather have Goddard I'm still kind of leaning that way just because if Devo's going to come back We've seen it all year with Kittle. They want him to run block. They want to run the ball. That scares me a little bit. There's not like talk about small passing pies. There's a very small passing pie going on in San Francisco. But George Kittle down the stretch. God, listen to this schedule. Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Week 17 championship. Houston. Houston. Yes. Houston. Give me George Kittle. I can't deny that matchup. I'll take the risk that he only catches one ball a game. Um, but that, that schedule is just, it's too fantastic. And like Peter said, we've seen him dominate like this, um, over the past few years. So I'll, I'll chase the known upside with Kittle, I guess, but I feel like it's a pretty good argument either way. Um, and I think that, I think that speaks to the situation that Goddard's in and that it's overall a positive one. It's positive, but proceed with caution. This was with not Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew was the quarterback. I want to mm-hmm. see him do this with Hurts a couple more times before we can, you know, call him a top five tight end at Dynasty moving forward. Um, but congrats to Goddard. Congrats to Peter Jacobs, whatever they are. <laughs> Peter Bull was victorious this weekend. <clears throat> the Peter, Peter Bull balled out. I think we had five touchdowns. Yes. Productive had two. Yeah, and Elijah Day. Moore dropped one. And you Speaking of drops – this guy last year used to be called Diotrote, whatever they call him. I don't know what they call him, <laughs> but they call him something with a drop in his name. And he did drop one this Sunday in the end zone. I don't know if you guys were watching the Steelers Ravens game. Deontay Johnson had a beautiful route right to him from Big Ben, dropped it for a touchdown. You guys might be thinking he's my bust of the week. Oh, no. He might be the guy I target most this offseason. I mean, I get Big Ben's leaving. He's only been – this is his third year in the league. He's 25 years old. Um, this past week, eight catches, 105 yards, two touchdowns. 
he puts up 80 to 100 yards almost every week this this year with five to eight catches. And then if he has a touchdown, great. If not, he's already putting up a fantastic performance. Um, I, I love Deontay Johnson, and especially this week versus Minnesota. I, I can't get enough of him this week. I can't get enough of him next week in the playoffs versus Tennessee. Um, and he plays the Browns in the championship matchup on Monday night. So I love that as well. So there's really – there's nothing – to hate about this guy, I think he has 106 targets and only one drop this year, two now. But uh, he's working on himself, and he's balling out. Uh, I love Deontay. I really do. I'm in my important – so, like, every league <clears throat> every league that you're in is an important league. I want to specify that. But there are some that matter more than others. And for all of us – our listener league is very important to us and, and what we're going on. But outside of our listener league uh, and shout out all those guys is our Mike Vrabel league where it's, you know, everybody is super competitive. We want to win so bad. And he was a big target. I wanted to get after. I needed some consistency and some young consistency, young consistency, which is insanely rare, especially at the wide receiver position, which is just so wildly inconsistent as its nature. I wanted to get some consistency this offseason there. And my number one target was Deontay Johnson. And I made sure I had to, had to, had to go get him. Uh, and I ended up being able to get him for a pretty reasonable amount. I have what the trade is, actually, Peter. Uh, yeah, you could. Between me, and, between me and you, you traded Dak Prescott. Uh, you got Dak Prescott, J.D. McKissick, your boy, uh, Deontay Johnson, Br- Brian Edwards, and Antonio Gibson. So two of your boys. And I got Stafford, Jarvis, Mike Will, Nick Chubb, Russell Gage, who's coming to his own, and a third-round pick in 2023. So, honestly, looking back at it, it's a pretty solid trade both ways. Um, Johnson's been great. Mike's Will's been great. Dak and Stafford, you could probably even out. Jarvis and McKissick have been about even, and then Edwards and Gage have been about the same. Really good trade by both of us there, Peter. I'm going for it now, obviously, and you're going for it later. And Deontay's a great yeah. trade. Yeah, man, and he's going to be a free agent. I think they're going to re-sign him there. Uh, Only concern moving forward is that uh, Big Ben is done and we can't have Mason Rudolph throwing him the ball. Yeah, I think the quarterback situation moving forward is the only reason his stock in Dynasty is down because otherwise, I mean, the dude is like, to me, 80% of what Antonio Brown was a Pittsburgh Steeler. Like, he they're almost like the same size they're such good route runners they can go deep they can catch short um passes and run with it after the catch um i don't know man like he is just after antonio brown left he has become the antonio brown in that offense for big ben and i think for me like this offseason there's probably going to be a sizable dip if there's no immediate news about aaron Rodgers and deshaun watson landing there i'm going to go buy that dip again because you got to buy the talent the talent is unbelievable. I mean, like there were doubts this previous offseason throughout the season, but the talent, it just keeps on shining through. He's an elite separator. He's, I mean, the drops from two seasons ago, that is not the thing this season. Max just said he's only had true two drops this season on over a hundred targets. Like he's just an elite wide receiver now. And, you know, he might be boring. Um, but at the end of the day, you're not going to find many pieces like him that are going to give you 10 to 12 points each week and have the upside of, you know, 25, 30 points. So he's just exactly what you want in your wide receiver position. 
Um, he's just the perfect mix of a floor and upside. And moving forward, long term, you know, it seems like there's a lot of downside. But at the end of the day, I think he's always going to give you a floor no matter what quarterback's there. But if he lands Aaron Rodgers, oh, my God, watch out. It'd be pretty crazy. Yeah, no, it, it would be absolutely insane. And uh, he's just so, so safe. So absolutely safe. Even in an in an offense that hits the under more often than not and doesn't score a lot of points, he he gives you exactly what you need in fantasy. Yeah, and especially we'll, full point. We'll give a counter really quick. The only thing I'm scared of is a a Rob esque decline next year, uh, and that's just for any of these con, you know quote unquote consistent receivers. Year over year, they're so great. And they're so integral to a lot of our lineups. And then just out of nowhere, poof, they're gone for X, Y, or Z reason. That can happen to any player. But, you know, I, I see a lot of A-Rob in Deontay Johnson. But Johnson is so young, it's not going to affect his career on an insane level. Like A-Rob's kind of trajectory is really down because he's a little bit older. Yeah, the yeah. one thing I will say, I, I can see how you're drawing the comparisons between the two just because, like, they, they've garnered so many targets. They've always been, like, really safe is what we would label them. The one thing I will that uh, say that separates them is two players. A-Rob, I know, like, a lot of the numbers and metrics show that he's not really a great separator. He's always been kind of like a big-bodied, contested catch guy. Um, whereas Deontay Johnson, like, he's up there with Jerry Judy and Cooper Cup in separation metrics. So, um I think that would bring him a little bit more safety over Allen Robinson, but I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked on consistency so much as podcasts and like, I mean, you're, it's, it's really tough to find those guys like Devonte. I mean, those guys like Kelsey that finish top of their class every year, you know? Um, but I feel like Deontay, he obviously he could be like a Rob and, have a bad year depending on the quarterback play and the situation, but he's very talented as a wide receiver in the separation. Yeah. I mean, you always want to bet on ability because usually more often than not, that finds its way of shining through. But another thing that also remains true in fantasy football is that wide receivers, they are inconsistent. They are as, as inconsistent as they get. So, um, you know, a guy like him, he's a real blessing. But now, uh, you know, into the sadder part of the show, we're going to get into our bus of the week. Shame. 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 Yeah, I mean, I understand that a lot of people's trade deadlines have came and gone. I don't know if anyone can still make trades. I hope not. It would take the fun out of it because we don't want anyone purposely throwing or tanking. Mm -hmm. But if this guy continues to struggle and continues to put up performances like this, and I really think could lose his quarterback this offseason, um, I would be going out and buying him with everything I own. I will be overpaying for him if he's available. I believe in the talent, and that's DK Metcalf. We've talked on him a lot. There's not much to say. He's really been struggling with Russell Wilson these past four games. Um, he's had He gets eight targets a game, but he's had three catches, four catches, one catch, five catches, and zero touchdowns, and he's surpassed 31 yards one time over that span. So I believe in DK, the athlete the physical freaking nature that he is. So right now, obviously you can't go buy him, but if it continues, please, please go buy DK. I think he's a top five dynasty wide receiver. 
Peter's shaking his head. Yeah, I saw that oh. too. Peter, you- I, I'm just a hater. I'm a hater. I'm an open and honest hater. I think DK is a very good player, but the future in Seattle has been mortgaged. Yes. I, I really think it has. That offensive line is so bad. It is one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen, and I've watched the Jets for the last five years. <laughs> I honestly think their line this year is worse than the Jets was last year, which is almost impossible. With that being said, they have no first-round pick this year. They will have their first-round pick next year back. The only way I see DK's season, you know, whatever, next year being saved is if Russell <clears throat> if the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson. Now, I know that's going to garner a lot of hate or a lot of like comments or whatever. They need picks. Their team is wiener. That defense is terrible. Defense mm-hmm. is terrible. The offensive line is awful and you cannot win and not have an efficient passing or running game with either of those being bad. The defense is important so that the offense can get more plays. The offensive line is important to keep the defense off the field and push the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. If they're able to trade, let's say, Wagner and Russ for, let's say, four first-round picks, I think is fair for both of them. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Let's say say they trade them to the Eagles, just like hypothetically, and get two top-tier first-round picks this year and two first-round picks next year. They draft a quarterback or they go out and they sign, you know, X, Y, Z. They go get this insanely talented offensive line class. It, it's I think DK's, DK's career could be saved. I don't but like, I feel like he won't have success in Seattle as long as that line and defense are wiener. To me, it's not that I love DK in Seattle and I think DK is going to be this amazing person in Seattle long term. This is his third year in the league. He has one more year before he becomes a free agent. Um, he's six foot four, 235 pounds, and runs a four, two, four, three. Um, he's just a physical athlete. I think his talent, he will choose where he goes, and he will choose to pair up with a very good quarterback that's going to get him the ball, whether that's in Seattle this year, whatever it is. But I'm buying him now because he's only 23 years old. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he's got the, uh, given his physical traits, I mean, the dude could easily be the number one wide receiver in fantasy given the right situation but I don't know until that situation changes for me I'm I don't know I lately I've been viewing him much more uh closer to a better version of Kenny G like a slightly better version of Kenny G when he was in his prime days at Detroit this is Um, terrible well just I feel like I wanted to see it um coming into the offseason where he's catching short area targets and doing a lot more in the intermediate part of the field, but I mean, he's been very deep ball dependent in the Seattle offense this season. And that, that just scares me. And that's what reminds me of Kenny G where it's just, you know, six, six, seven catches max a game, but he's got to be highly efficient. He's got to land in the end zone for it to really matter for fantasy. And granted he can do that every week. I mean, size adjusted speed. He's the fastest dude in the NFL, but I don't know. He scares me a little bit. I'm viewing him closer to top 10 than top five personally, but, I have to ask you guys, rest of season, DK Metcalf or Mike Williams? Who are you starting each week? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how the schedules look, but whichever has a better schedule. Let me let me read them off to you guys. Give me that would be a hundred percent like a schedule matchup for me. 
I'm biased. I'm going to pick DK whether Mike Williams plays the Minnesota Vikings four times in a row. I'm going to pick DK. So here we go. Mike Williams, New York Giants, Kansas City Chiefs, Houston Texans, Denver Broncos. DK plays – do you want me to read it? Yeah. He plays Houston, it. the Rams, Chicago, and Detroit. Very good schedule as well. Yeah. I, I think I, Detroit in the championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me DK. I'll take DK too just because I feel like they want to get him the ball, whereas Mike Williams isn't such an integral part of that offense. And I, I do think this win versus San Francisco was a turning point in Seattle. I don't think I they hope make the not. I don't I know you hope not. I don't think they make the playoffs, but I think they beat Houston. I think they beat Chicago. I think they beat Detroit. And I think they beat the Rams this upcoming weekend. Um, I'm gonna go out. It'll be close. It'll be close. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Mike Williams over DK for the rest of the season. That uh that feels scary to say, but I recently just got into conversations uh, with one of my baseball coaches from the past. Shout out to Coach Rob McNerney, uh, OEB baby. But uh, he just recently uh, made a trade, and we were talking about DK Metcalf, and I was telling him, you know, DK's got to prove it to me first before I put him back in my starting lineup. And Mike will, although he's been inconsistent, he just gave us 100 plus yards. This past week, like we said, the Keenan Allen thing could be hit or miss. He might get double covered, might not be able to handle it. But I think I think there's more upside with Mike Williams um, and DK just because the name feels a little safer. But going out on a limb, baby. Um, next, Peter, I think you were up in the snake. Is that correct? Uh, it is correct. I had a rant about this guy. He's my bust two weeks in a row. Really burned me the last couple of weeks. Saquon Barkley put up 10.4 points with Mike Glennon as his starting quarterback. The New York Giants are a lost football team. They have no idea what the hell they're doing. Um, This is the best player on the field. Physical specimen at any given moment. He's probably the best player in the game as well. The entire game, offense, defense, special teams, whatever. Yep. They okay. ran Saquon Barkley 11 times for 55 yards, five yards of carry. And he's Beautiful. just not getting the work. And he's splitting snaps. He saw 75% of the snaps. He's splitting snaps with Booker. What are the Giants doing? What are they doing? I, I, my voice is going to be completely gone in the morning if I keep ranting and raving, <laughs> not even raving, ranting about Saquon. I, I just have no idea what to do with him anymore. Um, I'm in a redraft league, and I really got to ask, I need to win this week. Do I start Zeke and Pollard, or do I start Saquon and Zeke? Who does Dallas play? Washington? Yes, Dallas plays Washington. Mm-hmm. Is it at one o'clock or something? It's at one. Mm-hmm. And the Giants, the Giants play the G men. The Giants play, play the Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah. In Inglewood. Um, wow. Are you are you guys vibing with Zeke and Pollard think, as RB1, RB2? No, I think if I were you in that situation, Zeke, I'm so scared of him. I test, dude has lost the juice. Yes. Um, and, and just like, I, I'm so scared of him. He, I would try to find ways to put him on my bench. If I were you, 
the charge, I know it's been so gross for Saquon. He did see nine targets in the game, didn't do anything with it, but at least the receiving upside was there and that's what can keep him viable week to week. But yeah, give me Saquon against the chargers for sure. I'm starting him and then give me Pollard over Zeke at this point. Like I know Pollard's not really getting the work. Zeke's still getting it, but Pollard's got the juice, man. He's shown us the past two weeks, give him a kickoff, give him a, a broken run play. He can run into the house. So I'll go, I'd go Pollard and Saquon if I were you. I just, I just hope that they rest Zeke because I can't take it anymore with, you know, Pollard playing less percentage of the snaps and outscoring them. I can't do it. Yeah, no, Saquon, man, like you said, more often than not, he's the best athlete on the field um, in any game. And uh, I'm going to keep plugging away and starting him back in there, man. I yeah. feel like it, it's got to pay off at some point. He's got the Chargers, then Dallas, then Philly in week 16, and then the Bears in uh, week 17. Pretty solid schedule. You love the Chargers and the Philly matchup. Um, you know, he didn't do anything against Philly two weeks ago, but you, on paper, that's a good matchup. So if he's yeah. healthy, I'm throwing him out there. We don't need to talk on Saquon too much. We talked on him last week. Um, to answer your question, though, Peter, we've talked on it all episode. You start your stars. I think so. I think you start Zeke. I think you start Saquon. That's what the math says. You're a math guy. You're not going to start Tony Pollard and Zeke. That's just not – it's not logical. I mean, you're you're banking on a – football team versus Cowboys just shoot out and they have Gallup. They have Amari, they have CD, they have Dak. There's just not enough volume there for me to start both of them. I would start Zeke and I would start Saquon as mm. bad as it is to say. Mm. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, man, start your take, studs. A, <clears throat> take a time machine back two years and say <laughs> that exact same sentence. Somebody would slap you across the face. Dude. Yeah. Right. It's tough, right. man. Fantasy football, it's the ultimate game of variance, man. Like season to season, day to day, week to week, it, it's always variance. So, yeah, um, now we're going to talk about some extra variance. Um, I'm going to get right into my bust of the week. I got a guy that I was really excited for all off season. Guy I've been holding out hopes for all season, but a guy who has just been the definition of high variance, Terry McLaurin, bust of the week. Five targets, three catches. 22 yards um, over the past four weeks, really sad numbers. He's averaging 6.75 targets, four and a half catches for 58.75 yards. I mean, the dude, it, it's just been a struggle all season. And I think, uh, you know, the Fitz magic injury uh, is just really killing his stock. Taylor Heineke is a really good professional quarterback. If you ask me, um, I mean, the dude can really play. He's a winner. Um, but he's just – he's not good enough for fantasy to, to support an elite wide receiver week to week. Um, you know, you're going to get some boom games with Terry. You're going to get a lot of bust games um, with Taylor Heineke at center. But moving forward, um, he's got a – if you ask me, it's a pretty solid schedule down the stretch. He's got Dallas, then Philly, then Dallas, then Philly. <laughs> so he plays two teams twice over the next four weeks, which is really weird. And something we were talking about um, pre-podcast, you know, the Philly matchup on paper all season has been a pretty tough matchup against wide receivers, uh, mostly because they got Darius Slay over there. Um, but for, for the past four weeks, I've been listening to a lot of analysts talk about how Darius Slay, although he's been a really good lockdown corner in regards to big plays, he's still letting up decent fantasy wide receiver production. Um, so, you know, he's going to get 
gouge for six, seven catches and some yards here, but he's really been a lead at stopping the big play. You know, that's why they call him big play slay. Um, so I think with Terry in those two matchups, I think you can probably expect a decent PPR game in those two Philly matchups. But uh, other than that, you know, tamper your expectations when you're putting him in the lineup. He's going to be a boom bust wide receiver three. Um, as sad as that is to say, I wouldn't even say wide receiver two at this point. I think you said that all very perfectly. I think it all shapes down to Washington and how their game plan is. They're, they want to run the ball more. They've seen that it could work versus Tampa. They've seen that it could work versus Oakland. They're giving the ball to Gibson. Um, it's just Taylor Heineke runs the ball. They want to run the clock. They believe in their defense, even without Chase Young. Um, so I just I don't see the volume, and I think he's touchdown dependent. Yeah, I got three words for you. Three words for you. Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. He's going to have a rough end of the year. The second the absolute second you're allowed to trade again. Go hit up your Terry McLaurin owners in your league. I just feel like there's so much upside, and Washington knows if they want to really turn the corner and become an actual contender. Taylor Heineke is a great story. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, a lot of teams would love having him as their quarterback because there's a lot of teams struggling right now. He's not going to get you over the hump. He's not a Super Bowl guy. You know, uh, there's some commentators out there that say, if you close your eyes, can you see this quarterback hoisting a Super Bowl trophy with the confetti falling down? And if you can't, then they're not your guy. Uh, and he's not one of those guys. If Washington's going to take it serious about winning, they're going to go make a move this offseason to go get a quarterback that is experienced and can help them win now because they don't have the longevity like all these other teams. Yes, they have a lot of young talent, but that defense is a little bit older and that offensive line is a little bit older too. So their window is probably within the next two or three years. Perfectly yeah. said, Peter. Perfectly said. And it sounds like I'm really down on him. I'm talking about him as a wide receiver three. That's just for the rest of this season. I am fully on board with Peter. I am still in love with Terry McLaurin as a top 10 dynasty wide receiver. The ability, he's shown it all off. I mean, all season on, you know, with the eye test on the real uh, NFL field, you know, he's not showing up in the fantasy stat sheet, but on the field, um, I believe he's leading the league in contested catches this season. And when you watch him, I mean, he's just such a freak of nature. And if he were to land Aaron Rodgers or anyone close to as good as Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he would be your next Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup. I mean, he has the build, the full alpha build, and just the absolute ability to take the top off at any moment and uh, absolutely be a rock-solid wide receiver one. So, yeah, in Dynasty, offseason, exactly what Peter said, by, by the dip. By the dip. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was a dip. <laughs> He's going to make it. Hey, by the dip. Do we got anything else on Terry McLaurin before we wrap up the show? Not on Terry McLaurin, but I did just see a post from the fantasy footballers. Tony Pollard, top 24 running back, four weeks in a row. Wow. Dang. Wow. No, they, I mean, if you want to listen. lucky on a special teams touchdown on Thanksgiving, but. Hey. Hey, when you got the juice, you got the juice, man. He but, passed uh, the eye test, but I just, I can't start him over Zeke. In a I can't. Game. I can't. I can't do it. Can't. You know, they'll get stopped on the one yard line and Zeke will punch it in like. I can just see it happening and me looking like a clown. At, yeah. at the end of the day, when you're playing fantasy football or like betting or whatever, you're 
objective is to not look stupid no. and to make the right mathematical decision. No. <laughs> Peter, that's like saying that you play just so that you don't get last. No, you play so that the math is in your favor to win. So I'm if not going to go out there in a must-win game and say, you know, I'm going to take the guy who gets 35% of the snaps versus the guy who gets 65. Yes, I understand. Fair enough. Well, anything else? Good luck to all of our listeners that are competing for playoff spots. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck to all those contending for the playoff spot. Uh, we got an episode coming out um, late Saturday or early Sunday, depending on uh, when I can get that thing edited up. Sometimes our schedules get in the way, so our apologies on that. Um, we're all busy people, but at the end of the day, we've said it from the beginning, we want this to be a tool for you guys to make sure you guys are ruling your leagues. Um, yeah, I think it's been a great episode, guys. A lot of great conversation. And I wanted to give one more quick shout out to Game Day Liner. Their Instagram is at Game Day Liner. They started selling hats recently, and I mentioned this in the, in an earlier pod, but go check those babies out. Um, Jimmy did an awesome job getting those made uh, with the right material um, so they fit your head right and they can last a long time. So uh, definitely check them out. Um, check us out on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. All of our own personal Twitter handles are in the bio. They are also in the bio of the or the episode description of each podcast that we release. And uh, anything else, guys? Great episode. Great job hosting, Jace. Yeah, thanks, man. As the viewers can tell, my voice has deteriorated throughout the episode. We tried to save that beautiful voice of yours, Peter. I'm sure all the listeners can't wait to hear it back in their ears on Saturday or Sunday, that sweet, sweet money-making voice of yours. Um, But until then, guys, peace out and take it easy. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.